Welcome to Richard Helpy's Common Bridge, the fiercely nonpartisan discussion that seeks policy solutions to issues of the day. Rich is a successful entrepreneur in the technology, health, and finance space. He and his wife, Leslie, are also philanthropists with interest in civic and artistic endeavors with a primary focus on medically and educationally underserved children. So welcome to the Common Bridge. Rich, you've been busy today. It's election night, and uh, this reeks of old newspaper stuff, so I love it. So there's a couple things I want to uh, ask you about. We only have a few minutes, so let's kind of get to it. I'm going to ask you some things now. They're going to be a little a little bit off book for the Common Bridge, but uh, I hope you're up for it. Are, are you okay? You've been doing a few of these today. Yeah, it's uh, safe now. Look, the people have either voted or they're in line to vote, and there's no danger in talking about some of these items that I've deferred. So let's go ahead. All right. So I've got it broken down into three or four takes. So again, this is not common bridge necessarily because it's not about policy direction. This just you doing some commentary. So I love this and I think your audience does too. So we're going to talk a little bit about the impact of uh, the investigations into Donald Trump and the integrity of the vote and court packing and also the ability uh, to poll and forecast election results in these times. And actually it goes back to 2016 as well. So anyway, and also if we can do it, I'd love to hear you predict the night. I know that we're in different time zones right now, but I'd love to hear what you have to say about this. <laughs> okay. Okay. So here we go. So the first section is Trump scandals and investigations. I'm just going to give you the terms and you reflect. So first, Russian collusion. Okay, look, this one has been with the media and with the Democratic opposition like a dog with a rag in its mouth. Uh, <laughs> look, the left insists Trump did something, even though the record and the testimony point elsewhere. And there are still those that want obstruction as the booby prize. And <laughs> I got you. All right. Next one, Trump impeachment. Oh, the whistleblower. What whistleblower? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, again, a fascinating uh, chapter in our history that uh, the whistleblower, if one exists, said, I've got no firsthand information. And so during the impeachment trial, one witness after another came up and said, I don't know anything firsthand uh, either, but I heard a guy who knew a guy who knew, I don't know, it was crazy. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, you, you just led me in my next one then. Uh, first person accounts. Oh, Yeah. Now, look, look, at if you're talking about some of the, you know, Rex Tillerson and, you know, Mattis and others that have left the administration, these are big names and big jobs who were treated shabbily. I mean, nobody needs to be treated that way in their job by their boss. Lots of first-person accounts of a reckless management style, not a, you know, disciplined worker and so forth. Right. Um, so, you know, that's something I think the voters are really going to have a lot to say about tonight. And I did okay. speak about that earlier. I think we're going to see a lot of anti-Trump vote tonight. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Okay, so the next one is we finally found out who the anonymous uh, uh, source was, the anonymous report. And <laughs> what, what do you think about that? that well, time? you know, the, yeah. guy was, the guy was presented as a senior administration. Right. And it's like, okay, this is a guy with a job in there. Doesn't look like he shaves every day even. So I don't know how senior he is. But anyway, geez, yeah. OPs. It just All right. speaks to the quality of what reporting used to be. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just lament those old times. Um, okay. How about Stormy? Oh, jeez. <laughs> Pass. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's go to extreme thoughts then. Is the vote going to be good? Is it going to be valid? 
You know, Brian, this is a really serious question here in that there have been rumor and innuendos, suppression and fraud, or it could be suppression versus fraud. You know, what I'm really cheered about is that we're looking at a record turnout. And if anything is going to make the parties and the political system responsive, it's going to be that voters are paying attention. And we need to make it as easy as possible for people to vote. We need to make sure that it's a clean vote. And, you know, I, I, I suspect we're going to hear about some of both. Uh, it would just be great if uh, we could get this cleaned up. All right. So there's been a lot of talk about court packing if Biden wins. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you know, look, something happened before this event happened, and Harry Reid left the Senate in a mess. Mitch McConnell warned him, and, you know, now we see it. I hate the lack of statesmanship, you know, especially the Senate was supposed to be the greatest deliberative body in the world. You know, look, hopefully people saw how good Amy Coney Barrett is and that this turned the heat down. I mean, look, even Joe Biden said she's a good judge. And I'm hoping after the election, uh, no matter which way it goes, that cooler heads prevail. I agree. So uh, we have a lot of cities boarded up tonight in anticipation of maybe threats of violence after the election. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's a terrible statement on the part of the people that are supposed to be policing those communities. The, and I don't mean the police departments. I mean the mayors and the, the governors of those places. It will solve nothing. If we can't solve things through elections or people are rioting because they don't like the results of the election, what's the point in having the election in the first place? You know, you know look, and then this <laughs> weirdness, like I don't want to go into this too much, but suppose I took a rock and went down to City Hall and I okay. threw the rock through the window and shattered it. And then I screamed at the occupants that, look, it happened on their watch so that we don't have a good mayor or a township supervisor because they let violence happen on their watch. And some of this is what we're seeing. And if you follow the timeline in Portland, it's just insane. But let's mm -hmm. we yeah. don't need violence. It's not going to solve anything. And it's it's just destructive. And, and everybody needs to come out and condemn it, period. Sounds good. And if somebody saw you throw a rock, the Tigers might come and sign you up because I know you got a howitzer on that shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is a radio program. <laughs> All right. So let's move on to forecasts and polling. Um, what do you think about polls and are they accurate? I mean, look back to 2016 and that was a little different story. Do you think the same thing is going to come true tonight? Well, this is going to sound contradictory, but look, I think the polls might be right, but they aren't going to be accurate. They may have picked the winner and even the margin of victory, but there's so many things that just can't be measured. And let me try to enumerate some of those. First of all, the pollsters still don't know how to reach people. I got polled a couple of times and it was on my landline. And, you know, I've got a landline because it came with the cable program. Mm -hmm. None of my children, all of whom are voters, have landlines at all. So first thing, they don't know how to reach people. Second, the early turnout. I, again, cheer the fact that so many people are coming out. But nobody can really say yet what the impact has been or what it might be. 
this could be people who are going to vote anyway mm-hmm. and deciding to get it done earlier to avoid the crowds in a time of COVID. But then you look at some of the numbers like in Texas, it, that there's going to be such a strong turnout. We don't know who those new voters are and how they're going to vote. So that's another unknown that just can't be forecast. And and then jumping into things that can't be forecast is the unknown effect of social media. Look, I'll give Facebook credit. I think they tried really hard this year, really difficult. But look, both Facebook and Twitter, and frankly, most of the media, did not cover the Hunter Biden story. To be fair, the tale about how the laptop came to Rudy Giuliani is really suspicious. It doesn't pass the rich, healthy smell test. No, I mean, it just, uh, I have a hard time believing that. But the information that's on that, that the gentleman that, that was in business with them, his, he seemed credible. I did watch the interview. They say that he has been talked to by the FBI, which, of course, means nothing because there's something untoward going on. Of course, the FBI is going to look into it. But again, the big thing is that we don't know the effect of social media yet. We also don't know the effect of the cancel culture and the mob mentality, which kind of is spawned from that social media uh, where people can be shunned and shamed and defriended. So, you know, we had the reluctant or the shy Trump voter or, you know, they could be voting for Biden. They just don't want to get into it. They want to keep their own counsel. We don't know what that impact's going to be. You know, the impact on the civil unrest and such, which we talked about, is that going to have an impact? Uh, read today that the FBI reports a record number of background checks to buy firearms in 2020. Remember, we're not even done with 2020 yet, but 32 million new requests. And that's a vote on something, okay? And I'll leave it to people to interpret how that is. But again, I do like the record turnout and as I both wrote about this morning and talked about last night, that whichever candidate wins the presidency, it's a great election and they'll have my support and good thoughts to be a good president. So (laughs) good thing we're not in the same room. You'd throw something at me, but I got to ask you right now, it is 20 minutes after eight o'clock PM. I need you to pick a winner. Give me a number. So it's, you know, obviously, you know, we're not gonna make fun of you if you lose on this, but what are your thoughts? (laughs) Give give me a, give me a, a, an electoral college number. What what do you see? Um, Well, I'm going to hedge on that. So first of all, I, I could be wrong on this and I'm watching the early returns come in and they're being analyzed by the percentages that each candidate is getting, you know, like Dade County and so forth. And they're comparing it to the 2016 election. But the risk is that those percentage matchups hide the fact of the numbers of voters. And in in those highly populated areas, they can overwhelm the less dense areas. If Joe Biden wins Florida, I think it's his election. But I do think that Donald Trump is going to win that. As of this moment, I do not see a landslide either way, although it's been predicted by partisans on both sides. And a scary thing uh, over the past several weeks, including earlier today, I played with my own estimates on what would happen within various states. And I came up with 269 to 269, not trying to get there, just saying what might happen in this state, what happens in that state, throw it over into the House of Representatives. 
But I think a lot of it's going to come down to Pennsylvania and Michigan. And if that's where it comes down, I think uh, Donald Trump wins another four years in the White House. Okay, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. At at eight twenty. Well done, yes. by the way. Yeah, at eight twenty. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. with with the caveat that with, <laughs> with political forecasting, um, you, you know, I could be wrong because it takes one state. Georgia falls the other way. Joe Biden is the next president. Florida, you know, goes the other way. Joe Biden's the next president. And and Donald Trump has to win North Carolina. If he loses North Carolina, I don't think he gets out. But if it, it gets up to Michigan and Pennsylvania, Michigan's a, a dogfight, likely going to Biden. But I would not be surprised to see a Trump victory, given the activity both campaigns have spent in that state in recent days. They know it's close. And then in Pennsylvania, it's going to come down to how the votes are counted and how the energy interest versus the turnouts in the cities. And we'll see what happens. And again, that all presupposes that Texas stays Republican, Ohio stays Republican. Joe Biden has a lot more ways to win the presidency than Donald Trump does. I think it's safe to say I'm going to call uh, California for Biden right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's going out there, boy. You're a risky guy, man. (laughs) I'll call the 2024 election for the Democrat in California, too. (laughs) Solid forecasting. Anyway, well, look, I know you've been busy. This has been fun. It's like I say, it's like old newspaper stuff where we're we're taking a look at uh, returns as they come in and it's fun. And it's been great. I think your audience is really going to like the fact that you've been commenting on it throughout the day. And for those of you who haven't seen it, go, go take a look at not only this episode, but the last, there's a episode 70 and 60, yeah, 70 and 71, oh, 70 and 71, 72. There's three or four of them out there. Go back and listen to these today. They're great. And um, also, we've gotten, Rich, you don't know this, but we've gotten a lot of requests and downloads in the last day, and it's a high number of downloads on the do we or do we not need the Electoral College. It seems to be on everybody's mind tonight. I wonder why. I wonder well, why. Well, I, I really enjoyed that episode. And I thought both of the experts we brought on were well-researched, logical, uh, all had a great point of view. And I hope that folks got a chance to ponder that. It's episode 68, folks. If you if you haven't, uh, go back. That's really an interesting episode. You get two guys on either side of that argument. And there was a lot of middle ground there. If you're drawing that Venn diagram, there was a There was a mix in the middle there that I I was not anticipating. Well, we need everybody to whomever the next president is, and we need everyone to uh, condemn violence. And if you're out there because you got something to say and you see someone pick up a rock or whatever, do whatever you can to to help quell that. All right, Rich, thanks a lot. Get some rest tonight. All right, I'm going to stay up and get some coffee, I think, and watch some returns or some wine. One of the two. All right, good chat with you, Brian. Take care, man. So long. Bye-bye. You have been listening to Richard Helpy's Common Bridge Podcast. Recording and post-production provided by Stunt3 Multimedia. All rights are reserved by Richard Helpy. For more information, visit richardhelpy.com.